the final weekend of the regular college basketball season gave us four three-point buzzer beaters of historic proportions. Wait, ESPN only told you about three? That's why you listen to us. I'm Alan Caps. That's Mikey Watson. This is Sixth Year Seniors. Come after me! I'm a man! I'm 40! I'm tired of losing to Purdue! I'm not here to round this week! That's why I got a college gift! That's why I was an All-American in Michigan! I could give a shit about North Carolina right now. Mikey, how you doing? I'm alive, as we were talking off the air. So, I'm here. I'm ready to go. I'm doped up. I'm fired up. It's been a long weekend. I'm running on, on pure adrenaline. It, it, it's been it, it's been a shit show. My teams, the, the teams I went to cheer for this weekend in two different states, neither of which are the one I live in, went 3-0 this weekend. I was in attendance for all of them. It was a hell of a time. Let's get this going because there was a lot of stuff that happened Saturday. There's a lot of basketball happening this week. Conference tournaments are firing up. Carolina's making a run in the NCAA. Oh, God, see, I get ahead of myself. I got to. I got to stop that. I got to stop that. <laughs> Going to work myself into a shoot. As you told me before we fired up the uh, the red light here, let's, let, let's get it going. Two minutes into but... the show and Mikey's already ranting. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, well, we're going to start with the Southeastern Conference and Alabama and get the shit show out of the way early. Because Brandon Miller has to be the least observant and self-aware basketball player I've seen since, I don't know, maybe a former Alabama player, Latrell Sprewell. Oh, geez. Wow. That's a, that's I, a good pull there. Yeah, yeah, I mean, you, you want to think about it. Latrell Sprewell only choked a coach. He wasn't involved in a murder. Very good point. You know, and, and then he toys with the whole thing, you know, what, three days after four days after we find out how the whole thing went down with his pat down in the pregame introductions. Come on. I mean, for the, I don't care if you've been doing it all year. What are we doing here? Either he or the guy who does it needed to be a little more self-aware. Both. I mean, that's just, that is a definition of tone deaf. 100%. So stupid. so for those who haven't followed this, it was not Brandon Miller's gun, which was the original thought process, because it was in Brandon Miller's car, which again leads us to lack of awareness. Brandon Miller apparently had Darius Miles, a former Bama basketball player, until this incident, yep. uh, in his car. And when Miles left his car, he left his gun in the car. Who knows how long afterwards, Miles and this other guy are at a club 
I think it was Miles who was trying to pick up on the girl, and she rebuffed him, at which point Miles texts Miller, says, hey, bring my gun. Miller does. Duh, what do you think is going to happen? Jesus Christ. And the woman gets shot and killed. I've got so many questions for Brandon Miller. One, did you know Miles had a gun when he got in your car? To me, that's a, that's a no-go right there. Yep. Two, okay, asshole, you got a gun. When you get out of my car, you take your gun with you. Yep. Three, I get a text message to come to a club probably on a weekend, I think it was. I think it was. Of course it was, you know? Bring my gun to a club? What do you think he's going to do? Show it off? Sell it? No, he's going to use it. (laughs) And I don't mean by using it, clubbing somebody on the side of the head, which would have been better possibly. No, he's going to fire the weapon at somebody. Like, well, (laughs) it's an episode of Psych where Shy McBride played the security guard who had his gun stolen by the inmates that were on whatever it was. And he said, <laughs> he said, oh, well, I, I bet you they took my gun and turned it back to the library. What do you think they're going to do with the gun? <laughs> and I don't know, this came out on Tuesday during the preliminary hearing of the murder trial. Yep. And I'm not sure what this says about Brandon Miller, but the next day, He goes out against South Carolina and puts up 41 points as if nothing happened. Yeah, that one, we'll get to the other part of this in a second, that he put up 41 and they needed every bit of those 41 points to beat South Carolina. We were joking about that last week and had no idea that all of this was going to break out between the time we recorded and then the time that the South Carolina game tipped. Bama taken to overtime by the Gamecocks, and Miller goes off. I mean, just you know, it was all you know, all eyes on him, all the attention on him. Pun intended. America's most wanted, and he didn't flinch. So I mean, that's you know, from an on court standpoint, whoa, that's a big boy statement. But why is he even playing in the first place? I think it is. I mean, I, I, I mean. Yeah, he had a great game, but I, in this case, I'd like to have him, you know, care a little and maybe have an off night. Oh, ex- oh, I, and I would think the same thing. That's the thing. I would think the same thing. NBA scouts are like, oh my god, this guy could you know, do anything, and you know, nothing phases him. Like I said, he from an odd coach and score fifty. There you go. He can be the trust pretty well. From an odd court standpoint, that's impressive. But my point was, he shouldn't have been on the court to begin with. No. No. Well, yes, he should have because, you know, he was just in the wrong place at the wrong time. (laughs) And since the state of Alabama didn't charge him with a crime because he didn't commit a crime. Okay. One, state of Alabama needs to change its laws. In California, that's aiding and abetting. Two, Nate Oates, um, just because a crime wasn't committed doesn't mean that you can't do something about it. Yes, 100% on that. I I, I liked Oates. I liked Oates because... He was he was one of the one of the few guys in the coaching fraternity who actually stood up to Mike Shashevsky and called him out on his, his hypocritical bullshit. He's 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 flushed all that goodwill down the toilet <laughs> in, in the matter of a couple of weeks. I mean, just just absolutely ridiculous. I think what part of the problem is here, and of course, is follow the money. 
they're not gonna they're not gonna bench him in this. They are absolutely forced to, because for the first time maybe ever, Alabama has a legitimate national championship shot in basketball, and yep. and they're not gonna shut it down unless they absolutely have to. The PR here is atrocious, absolutely horrible. It's just been bad all around. Okay, confession time. Yeah, and maybe I'm just as bad, but there's a part of me that wants Brandon Miller to keep playing. That part of me is a 50-to-1 ticket that mm. Alabama wins the national title. Mm. So, I mean, I can be just as hypocritical as the next guy. When, when Brandon Miller is named the MVP of the, of the NCAA tournament, Crimson Tide is hanging the banner as 2023 champion. I'll be $500 richer, and you know, I might let Brandon Miller slide. He's going he's gonna to cut the nets down and cut some throats. <laughs> That's bad. That's really bad. It's Why really am I bad. laughing at that? Everybody else is making jokes about it. Might as well be us, right? Starting with the head coach of the program. Yeah, I mean, it just there's so many bad people involved. That's the thing. You just you wear you wear yourself out assigning blame in this case. Yeah. And and how is he going to learn anything from this if nobody's going to make him responsible for anything? Learning? What, what, why, why would we do learning in a, you know, an institution of higher academics? <laughs> well, that's true. Okay, here's the thing. Say you suspend him. Say you kick him off the team. What's he going to do? Get drafted in the top ten of the NBA and become a millionaire? Yeah. You know, you, you what you do is you... Take him out of the starting lineup, sit his ass on the bench for a couple of games. Indefinite suspension. Indefinite suspension. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and and, and tell him if you don't show up, you're never going to play here. No, because then he'll just quit and go to the NBA. You got it. You got to make him care about not playing. We're past that point. That's the problem. Yeah. He's been enabled at that point. Yeah, that's just he's probably been enabled since he was like ten years old. Yeah. You know, all those AAU summer leagues. Yep. You know, by AAU coaches who was like, if he goes to college, I might be able to get an assistant coaching job there. Exactly. It's all a grift. So, bottom line, Alabama sneaks past South Carolina 78-76 in overtime. That was on Wednesday. On the weekend, Tennessee beats South Carolina 85-45. to and, and oh wait no I think it was was A and M or was it Tennessee that we were talking about the the the, the analytical worst beatdowns of the year and South Carolina was on the on the wrong end of them. <laughs> yes yes throw another throw another one up there for the Gamecocks way to go boys and then going back to Wednesday A and M had beaten Tennessee yeah you know, I I just I, I don't get well I get it it's 2023 college basketball season and it's going to be wonderful come March. Come March. March is like 48 hours. 48 hours away. Yes. Yeah. Depending on when you're listening to this. Or it could have been last month. But yeah, A&M beats Tennessee 68-63. I was surprised. I realize now Texas A&M does one thing really well. They rebound the hell out of the basketball. And they get to the line a lot. It's an ugly, ugly performance. But that's what they do. And that, here's the thing, getting to the line, you still got to make your free throws, but getting to the line 
and rebounding. That is, you're not relying on the hot day from outside to be able to do that. It's It caps your ceiling a little bit, but it also raises your floor because effort travels. Effort goes on the road. Sometimes your shot won't go on the road, but you can, you can muck it up and, and, and win games like that just by turning it into a slugfest. And A&M is built for, for a slugfest like that. It, like you said, it ain't pretty, but if you get on the glass and you get to the line, you can give yourself opportunity to win the game. But then they ran into the perfect bounce scenario because on the weekend they traveled to Mississippi State and they didn't have the same effort against a Mississippi State team that has that same personality. And what Mississippi State did was they kept Texas A&M off the offensive boards, which kept them off the free throw line. Yep. And the Aggies went 13 minutes without a basket in the second half. There was another team that went an, an eternity without a basket in the second half and beyond. We'll talk about in a little bit uh, this week. Yeah, 13 minutes without a basket is absolutely brutal. You're not going to win ball games that way. Vanderbilt split a couple of games, keeping them alive frankly, for possibly a double-buy top-four spot in the SEC. It'd take a lot. They'll probably be in the t- five through eight. But this Vanderbilt story is sure feel good right now. Vandy will take whatever they can get. You know, they're the, they're the, the, the laughing stock on the football scene. And, and it's been a little while since Vandy was, was competitive on the hardwood. Nice to see Stackhouse getting the, uh, getting the boys up. You love the you love the gimmick court there. I hate it, but they won't have to play on the gimmick court in March. So so I'm I, I, I'm okay with it. And finally, before we leave the SEC, I'm glad you saw that. I'm glad you put this up here because that this caught my eye the other night. Too. Well, it's because it's the Sacramento Kings, my hometown, and I, I I've been I've been fretting this for like the last year and a half since Malik Monk joined the Kings. And yeah, I made a lot of fun for probably about two and a half years about Malik Monk and his lack of defense, quote-unquote, not long, as the NBA draft analyst put him to describe his inability to defend anybody. But he's found a role in Sacramento. He's about the seventh, eighth guy in the rotation. He can score like nobody. I mean, he's, he's really, you know, Vinnie Johnson, microwave type. The other night, the Kings and the Clippers went to the second highest scoring game in NBA history, 176-175, double overtime. Kings win, Monk scores 45 points. Now, he's still a net negative defender. That's what I was going to say. I was about to say, so you're telling me he still doesn't play any defense. His opponent gave him 100, his opponent scored 175 points. He still don't play no defense. (laughs) No, if, if you go to basketball reference, this is the best year he's ever had. He's still at negative three, but his offense has improved greatly. When he came into the league, I think his offense was like 99 per 100 possessions. He's at 115 per 100 now. He's still giving up 118, but he's getting close to a net zero. That's Take what you can get. Also, De'Aaron Fox had a shit ton of points, too. It was a Kentucky reunion, basically, for your Kings. And it's funny because, I mean, I, I got to admit, I'm starting to dig on Malik because he's my guy. You gave him all the shit in the world back in the day. You, It's your right to be able to claim him now. 
Yeah, he's he's earning he's earning your respect. And, and and yes, I am a Warrior fan first and foremost, but this is my hometown team. And there's an awful chance that they might meet in the first round of the playoffs right now. Oh no! The Kings are in third place. The Warriors are in seventh. They're only like a game out of sixth. I don't know. I well, no, I know what I do. I root for the Warriors, but I'd hate to see the Kings go out in the first round of the playoffs because they deserve better. Hey, help me out real fast before we move on. This is totally off six-year seniors topic, but explain to me the beam. Oh, it's a pure gimmick. When when they built the Golden One Center, they happened to put up this light that they figured they'd use on special occasions for downtown Sacramento because it's a downtown arena. Uh Arco Arena used to be out in the suburbs. So now when they built this arena, it's downtown. Everybody can come in the downtown or because it's the state capital, everybody can stay downtown, have dinner, watch the game, come to the arena, come to the light. Okay. Well, then when they started getting good, somebody decided we're going to light the beam when the Kings win at home. Then it became light the beam. Anytime the Kings win period. And so that light stays on until like midnight every night the Kings win. And it's just become, it's become, you know, the slogan for the Sacramento Kings this year. Light the beam. I love it. I think it's great. I, 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 I love interactive gimmicks like that. So oh, and, it, and it's a purple up. beam. It's not white light. It's purple. Yeah, yeah, I've, yeah, I've, yeah. Uh, yep, it's purple. It looks cool. And you can, you can see it from a few miles away. That's I, good. All I have to do is step out near Highway 50, and it's pretty much a straight shot looking into downtown, and you can see the beam on a clear night. Nice. And I'm uh, maybe about five miles from downtown. Okay. So, yeah, that's the Kings gimmick. So back to six-year seniors in college basketball? Sure, yeah. The number one team in the nation, the Houston Cougars, survived a scare. Marcus Sasser goes down with an ankle injury. It looked bad. He had to be carried off the court, had no weight on it. Comes back in the second half, leads all scores with 22 points. Houston beats East Carolina by 18. I guess we don't have any problems. Yes, yes the, the 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 Pat Mahomes. We're gonna we're gonna inject all sorts of illicit drugs into the ankle at halftime gimmick. That's good. No, no, good for Sasser though. Houston cannot afford to lose him, and it's good to see he's healthy. Hopefully, there's no lingering issues, and he can uh, he can keep going. That's the thing. I wonder how he felt the next day. Exactly. But Houston doesn't play again until Thursday, so he's got some time to re- recover. Got a little time, yeah. Hop over to the Big Ten, where there was a number of amazing finishes. Oh, boy. We'll start with the feel-good story. Michigan State, in its first game at home since that mass shooting. Jesus Christ, somebody else with a gun. They beat That's Indiana 80-65 to in midweek. Tyson Walker, 23 points after a slow start. Michigan State needed that one. Yeah, it, it, I was watching it live, and it looked like Indiana was, you know, was in control in the first half. I'm like, well, you know, not going to be the feel good it is. And then I flipped it back on later, and Michigan State was up by about 10. I was like, wait, what happened here? So good to see Sparty uh, get on the board with that when they needed that. Another game you turned off early, as did I, was Iowa and Michigan State on the weekend. I turned it off with about two minutes to go after the Iowa player got teched up, and I think they were down 10. 
Iowa makes the remarkable comeback, wins by six, covers 112-106. How in the hell are you down 13 with 90 seconds left? They were down 11 with under a minute left. And not all, and, and, and force overtime and cover. That's just brutal. The crazy thing is Michigan State didn't blow the game. In that time, while Iowa was hitting five three-pointers, Michigan State hit five of six free throws. Wow. That's crazy. I just absolutely bonkers. Yeah, I, I wish I'd seen it. It wasn't until a couple hours later that I started seeing highlights about this amazing comeback. Yeah, I was like, wait, I, I started seeing the tweets. I was like, wait, what? Huh? Brutal. Northwestern lost a pair of games to drop out of Seoul second place. The second one to Maryland, 75-59. That puts Maryland now. In second place. Granted, it's a four-way tie for second, but they have the tiebreaker right now. We live in a world where on Sunday... I know, this sucks. The Northwestern basketball team got an overrated chant pointed at them. Oh, 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 I thought you were talking about what was going to happen this coming Sunday. No, at the Comcast Center. the, 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 The merciless students at the Comcast Center. Told Northwestern they were overrated. Where are we at in a society today? That's that's just wrong, man. That's just wrong. <laughs> <laughs> Come on, it's Northwestern. I mean that that's that that's like that's like yelling at a puppy. I know it, it's ridiculous. It's absolutely ridiculous. So at this moment, Maryland. Northwestern, Indiana, and Michigan, Michigan, are tied for second at 11-7. and seven. Iowa, Rutgers, Michigan State all have eight losses. Sparty, of course, might have a makeup game with Minnesota. If not, they might end up wanting that game because surely they'd win it. Yeah. That may drop them a couple of places in the, uh, in the Big Ten standings if they don't play it. Michigan quietly just... Working their way back up the standings after having been so underwhelming early in the season. So credit Juwan Howard's crew there. Another team that's worked its way up the standings and now seems to be a serious national title threat. Indiana wins at Purdue on Saturday. Yeah, and they look good doing it. Matching what Rutgers has done. Indiana Rutgers. Let's let's just put them on opposite sides of the bracket right now. One seeds. Let's, let's do it. No, Indiana looked like oh, that. That that was an announcement of we're serious now. You know, we had some buzz in the off season and some. You know, we kind of got off the rails in the middle of the year. Indiana looked absolutely fantastic in West Lafayette on Saturday. That was a tremendous effort. Indiana is now 30 to 1 to win the national title. I just added them to my portfolio. Mm. I think they were like 60 to 1 at some point. I know they were 40 to 1 before the Purdue game. Gotcha. Rutgers also had an amazing comeback. 59 56 over Penn State. They were down 19 points in the first half. I'm, I'm going to say this. How bad is it that? Carolina fans are thanking Rutgers for helping out their NCAA tournament chances by by, by knocking off uh, fellow bubble team Penn State in State College. Uh, the Tar Heel, Tar Heel Nation says thank you, Rutgers. What I thought you were going to mention, 
uh, with Northwestern Rutgers is the last game on Sunday is Northwestern at Rutgers. And that will have a lot of implications. And it just, it sucks. Both teams should be given a win just because they're Northwestern and Rutgers, right? That's not going to be like NCAA tournament on a pole, right? They're both I, in. I, I do we think, think they're both in. Depends on what happens in midweek. Who knows? I mean, Indiana yeah. could lose their last two games, lose in the first round of the Big Ten tournament, not make the tur- make not may not make the NCAs. Who knows? I don't. Who know. knows? A team that will make the NCAA tournament is Ohio State. They beat Illinois. Here comes the comeback. Um, I don't know about that yet. <laughs> you, your Buckeyes. That's hilarious. Over in the Big Twelve, it's Kansas again. It looks like. They hold off West Virginia, 76-74. Meanwhile, Baylor beats Texas, 81-72. Kansas has a game in hand, but they are playing at Austin on Saturday. Not Stephen F. Austin. No. Irwin no. Center in Austin, Texas Longhorns. Hey, we said we said at the beginning of the year, watch, you know, watch the road wins. And sure enough, you look at the standings right now, it's basically who has the most road wins in conference, you go on down the list. So... Uh, of course, the, the math generally works that way, but it's especially magnified uh, in the Big 12 this year. West Virginia, that was a hell of an effort to uh, to take Kansas to the wire like that, but not quite. I still think Kansas's best is better than anybody else's best in the country. We'll see if that proves out during March. I think there's a most consistent team. Yeah. I We may be saying the same thing, but I, if I had to ride a team blindly, It'd probably yes. be Kansas. Yeah, yep, yep, yeah, uh, yeah. I think that's where I'm going. If, if you give me one team or the field, but I could take any team, I'm taking Kansas. Texas Tech wins at Oklahoma in midweek, and then nearly wins against TCU. TCU gets a late three to beat them, 83-82. But Tech now, 16 and 13 overall, they win at Oklahoma, who beat Alabama. What's going to take to get Tech into the tournament? God, I would think that if they can get to 18 wins with that schedule and the and the wins they're going to have, I got to think that's got to get them consideration here. Let's see. There's a week to go in the Big 12 schedule. The only problem is, is they're at Kansas in midweek, mm. and then they host Oklahoma State. So that would be 17. Then they'd have to win a game in the Big 12 tournament Against they, Oklahoma or West Virginia, probably. Oh, that's true because it would be that play-in first round. They're going to play the seven to the the seven, ten, eight, nine games. They could do that, but is that going to be enough? I mean, is that win be enough, or would they have to probably beat Kansas or Texas? You, I, I think they'd have to beat Kansas or Texas to to feel comfortable. Otherwise, they're going to be relying on a lot of other bubbles popping. Yeah, because that, that would finish him at 18 and 15. Which is crazy. That's I mean, a lot of losses. It's a lot of losses. But you look at the you look at the losses, and there's not a lot of bad losses out there. That's the thing. Because they they ate so many during Big 12 play. Winning no, at Kansas this week, winning at Kansas this week may eliminate that need to win the neutral game against Kansas or Texas in the Big 12 conference tournament. Uh, it's a big ask, though. Uh, 18 gets them in consideration. 19, we can start being, uh, you know, start being serious, I think. 
But they got you, you can't get to 19 without getting to 18, so you might as well try Red Raiders. Yeah, of, of those 13 losses currently, 11 of them are to Ken Palm top 50 teams. Good grief. And Oklahoma, who they lost to at home, is not one of those teams. Oklahoma's 52. The other loss outside top 50, Ohio State in Hawaii. Your Ohio State Buckeyes. That's right. Going to win the national title. <laughs> the run's coming. <laughs> Before we get a break, let's talk about the West Coast Conference. Big game of the year. Gonzaga defeats St. Mary's 77-68 in Spokane. Did you see what the kids did to get into that game? I heard there were some shenanigans. I know they were there bright and early for ESPN College game day. How, how crazy was it? They were there bright and early the morning before game oh day. Oh, my God. Holy they crap. Had, they had tents set up at 7 a.m. on Friday morning. And the weather up there was horrible. It was snowing. Props to the Zags kids for showing out. That's good. And, man, once they got inside that arena, it was it was all over. It reminded me a lot of how spooked Tennessee looked against Georgia in the first five, seven minutes of that game. Oh. And it kind of makes sense because St. Mary's go-to guy is a freshman who's never been at Gonzaga before, and yeah. Aiden Mahaney just looked lost. The, ke- the kennel is a different environment. There are only a few, you know, dungeons like that in college basketball. The the kennel is is in the conversation there at the top. Yeah, I, I can think of a couple right off the top of my head in New Mexico. And frankly, St. Mary's place is also pretty damn loud. It is. It is. Yeah, you know, th- those three out west, you got Allen Fieldhouse, of course, Cameron Indoor Stadium. Those are, those are generally the, the, the gold standards. The funny thing is, though, St. Mary's got a little bit of revenge because since they split their season series and tied for the league title, the number one seed goes to that, which has the highest net rating. When the net ratings came out on Sunday morning, St. Mary's was still ahead of Gonzaga. Nice. Nice. St. Mary's has earned it. St. Mary's has earned that this season. I'm not writing off the Zags. Zags may have looked better Saturday night than they have all season long. That's a really good win over a good St. Mary's team. If the Zags want, to, if the Zags want, if they still think the West Coast Conference is theirs, they'll have to earn it. It, it. It'll be a doozy. I'm sure there will be a rubber match. Oh yeah, there definitely will be, and it would not surprise me if St. Mary's wins that one. Yep. By the way, though, St. Mary's kind of got screwed by getting the number one seed. The number four is Loyola Marymount, who has beaten Gonzaga and St. Mary's this year. Let's go to the, come on. Let's go to the to the pick your own bracket gimmick. We've got if they're not going to do it for the NCAA tournament, we can at least start doing it for conference tournaments. Come on, that would be fantastic. But 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 how do you do that though? Because you obviously have to allow the number one seed to put themselves where they want to be. But then, say when it comes to Loyola Marymount, you know how There's, do you prevent them from picking St. Mary's? There's veto rules. Ah, okay. I don't. I don't have the whole gimmick lined out, but there, there, there's there's veto 
rules in the in the thing. So 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 you have depending on how big the field is, you have one, and you say no, you can't go there. You can't go on this half of the right. You have to go to the other side. Gotcha. Okay. One thing you'd never want to veto is a cruise, especially someplace warm right now. Absolutely. If you wanted to do that, who would you call? You would call our girl, Wendy Prater at Magical Journeys Travel, working with all major cruise lines to help you pick your vacation. We're going to pick a bracket. We're going to pick a vacation for you, too. And she can line it up, take care of all of the details so you don't have to worry about the stress and the finagling and all that stuff of trying to figure out how to make my vacation awesome. Because she's going to do all that for you. She's on Twitter, she's on Facebook, she's on Instagram, WP Magic Journeys. Go find her, ask her questions. She will be glad to tell you all the things you need to know to make your next vacation awesome. All major cruise lines, if you want to do Disney, Universal, all-inclusives, all of that stuff, she can square you away on all of that. Wendy Prater at Magical Journeys Travel. She makes the plans, you make the memories. She'll give you $25 off your next trip deposit if you tell her you heard her here. On six year seniors. And Wendy Prater will also never text you to ask you to bring her gun to a club. <laughs> she will tell you what to bring on the vacation. It will not be a gun. I promise you that. <laughs> there'll, there'll be a color-coded packing list and all kinds of stuff. You'll be, you'll, you'll be packed. Not only will you have everything you need, it will be in the order you need when you get to your destination. It's like, hey, I want to go down, down to the pool. You're going to flip your flip your suitcase up. Your flip-flops and your shorts are going to be right there on top. It'll be the best thing ever, I promise you. So she's also doing your packing for you? She can. It, it, it's, it, it is an option. She won't physically do the packing. She will. She, there will be instructions. On, uh, she, in, she will in, organize in, the packing. All you have to do is exactly follow the, the sequencing of. Yeah, exactly. I, I I have seen this before. It's been it, 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 it's it's a hell of a deal. All right. The rest of college basketball this week was also a hell of a deal. We got a lot of it. Let's get through it. Let's the do Big it. East. Marquette wins at Creighton, 73-71. They're now two games up on Xavier and Providence, three up on Creighton with a week to go. You were singing Marquette's praises when we did the Sweet 16 gimmick a few weeks back, and I was like, mm, we sure about that? And as usual, I was wrong. Yeah, you also Simple have North that. Carolina in your Sweet 16. So Hey, now now let's let, let's let, let's shoot here for a minute. Carolina's record on Big Monday while we're recording this podcast is unofficially 1 in 37 ever, all right? They're up by about 20 at halftime right now. So let's just the heels are back. Simple as that. The heels are back. Yeah, they are looking good winning a game they're supposed to win. That that's good. I don't have to worry about you for the rest of the night. That's progress. Yeah. Also on Wednesday, Villanova beat Xavier on the road. Then they dusted Creighton on the weekend. Wildcats are 15 and 14 now. They're at Seton Hall and hosting Connecticut. That's two winnable games. That makes them 17 and 14 at the end of the season. What do they need to do to get into the tournament? Got to get to 19, right? You think 19 will do it? I think 19 gets them into the discussion. 20 makes it safe. Think that means they've got to get to the Big East final then. I think yeah, that's what I'm yeah. Big East final we can talk for sure. I think they'd be a threat to get 
to the Sweet 16 if they can get into the tournament. If Justin, they can get into the tournament. Justin Moore has turned that team around. Just a question of whether it was too late for him to get started. Yep. Let's talk about the ACC. Virginia has now mm. not led for 80 consecutive basketball minutes. Not only did they lose to North Carolina, 61-53, but they lost to Boston College, 63-48, bringing back memories of Maryland-Baltimore County. Oh, no. I, 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 thought about, I thought about that over the weekend. Carolina wins 71-63. You know, I, was, I, was, I was in the Dean Dome, Section 230. We're up high. And, and it got to a point where I was looking at the clock. I was like, Virginia doesn't have enough possessions left to win the game. And and they probably they could have they stretched it out a little bit more, but uh, they never really made it made it uh, interesting against Carolina. Boston College embarrassed them up in Chestnut Hill, and all of a sudden, you know, we thought we had a marquee name, you know, the you know the the new money of the ACC, Virginia, you know, not Carolina Duke, but we thought we had an ACC, you know, national title contender in Virginia. They ain't a national title contender. They're going to be lucky to win a game in the tournament at this rate. That offense is flawed. They, I watched them Saturday night shoot 18-foot jumper after 18-foot jumper. And, and it, was just, it was Brick City. They've got to get something going on offense. That defense is not quite as talented as teams have been in the past. And they can't rely on it anymore to, to dictate pace. Virginia's flawed. They've got issues. Miami. We'll talk about them in a minute. I still think Miami's the best team in the ACC. Really? Despite what happened on Saturday. That was one of those amazing three-pointers at the end of the game. Matthew Cleveland. My God. Probably what, 28, 30-footer? It was, it was about 30 feet, yeah. It was about 30 feet. And again, a huge comeback, 25 points down. Florida State wins 85-84. The largest comeback in ACC history. And that you know how you know how long they've been playing basketball in the ACC and how many great teams have gone through the ACC and it's this shitty ass Florida State team that has the the largest comeback in ACC history broke the record I, I don't know who I don't know the entire thing but the but one of the games that was tied for the record was a very famous game in the history of this podcast the one where Duke and the Zion team came back and beat Louisville the night. And I told you not only how it was going to happen, but what the final score was going to be. And I missed it by a single point. I remember that. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> that was tied for the largest comeback in ACC history. Florida State and Matthew Cleveland's three at the buzzer breaks the, uh, breaks the record. I'm surprised that there wasn't a bigger deficit comeback at the time when the ACC had like that 17-foot three-point line. Back in 83, 84, yeah, whenever they had the the, the, the experimental line there. You see, that's that was the same season that, that's on the you know the 83 where, where you have the survive and advance uh, 30 for 30. You go back and look at that three-point line, and it's absolutely hilarious. <laughs> Ralph Sampson was shooting threes. It was hilarious. It the was. line, cut, the line, the line cut through the top of the circle yeah. over the free throw line. Yeah, it was it's only hilarious. like two feet behind the free throw line. Yeah, it was <laughs> so funny. So with all that, Pittsburgh is actually in the lead in the ACC, half a game ahead of Miami of Florida, full game. Ahead. They're a full game ahead of Virginia, who just denigrated and said they won't win a game in the NCAA tournament. Yeah. 
ACC's a, a, a train wreck this season. It's it's hilarious. So. Pitt is at Miami on Saturday, final game of the season. That's going to decide the ACC regular season title. Crazy. I, I can't believe Pittsburgh has hung in there all that time. But he, All right, so here's the thing. I, I still think Miami's the best team in the league, and, and I, no matter how, how it plays out, I think I'd take Miami to win the ACC tournament. But my gut feeling tells me that the one through four seeds with the double buy in the ACC, I don't think any of them are going to win the tournament. Oh, if I if there's a if there's a bet out there to take that, I would take five through twelve over one through four, even though one through four has to play an extra game. And this is what I'm afraid of. Duke's going to win the ACC tournament. <laughs> Let's move on. You, I said my health was fine. I said my health was fine. We're not going to work ourselves into a shoot here. We can talk about it next Monday because the odds won't be the odds will be available on Monday, and the tournament will not have started yet. There'll be a, and there'll be a Duke game we can talk about that happens Saturday night that we can that 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 will surely not affect my health whatsoever. <laughs> Let's move on. Let's move on to another three-point buzzer beater this one from beyond half court and somehow the arizona state player desmond cambridge was wide open (laughs) it was as clean a look as you can get (laughs) sun devils beat arizona 89 88 i don't know who the two arizona players were but there was one guy he had to be at least four or five feet in front of cambridge and there was his teammate pushing him toward Cambridge. It's like, dude, guard him. It was ridiculous. I, like, l- all you have to do is put up some token defense and flail some arm. You don't even have to make a play on the ball. I don't want you, you to. Just stand in front of him. Don't just jump. Stand just stand there. there. You, you have to just stop the ball. That's all you got to do. No, let me get a running look from, from 55 feet and, and, and fire it up. It was, it was straight cash. Never a doubt. Huge so win for the Sun now, Devils. Wildcats are now three games behind UCLA, which essentially handed the Pac-12 title yep. to the Bruins. Nice job. Arizona State still in the hunt for an NCAA tournament bid. They're at UCLA and USC this week. So maybe this might help them because if UCLA has nothing to play for, Sun Devils might be able to get them. They can mail, yeah, they could mail it in, so... In the Ivy, with one game day left, Yale, Princeton, Penn are all 9-4. and four. They're in the Ivy League tournament. Browns 7-6, and six, they host Yale on Saturday. Cornell 6-7, and seven, they host 2-11 and 11 Columbia. Brown and Cornell have split the season series. This is starting to get like Ivy League math here. <laughs> and I, I, I started working through all the tiebreakers, and then I realized how simple this was. Cornell and Brown have split their series, which means you have to go up the standings to find who yep. has a better record against the upper teams. There can't be a three-way tie because Penn is at Princeton. That means Yale, who must win to make any of this worth anything, is going to be a champion with either Princeton or Penn. That being the case, Cornell has all the tiebreakers if Yale is part of that tiebreaker system ah so in other words brown has to beat yale or hope that cornell loses to columbia wow brown cannot win a tiebreaker 
you did all that Ivy League math. You didn't need sine, cosine, or tangent, or calculus, or trigonometry, or any of that shit. And I didn't even go to the Ivy League of the West, Stanford. <laughs> Went to the poor boy school, San Francisco State. <laughs> In the big sky, Eastern Washington's bid for an unbeaten conference season goes bye-bye. Idaho State, 71, Eastern Washington, 63. Also ended their nation-leading 18-game win streak. Wow. Maybe it's good to have a loss before the uh, for the tournament starts up. Well, they're playing against uh, second-place Montana State tonight, uh, and they're only a two-point favorite. So it'll be interesting to see how they bounce back from that one. If they can bounce back, yeah. By the way, Oral Roberts now has the longest winning streak at 14. In the Big West, Hawaii beats Irvine 72-67 on the island. Irvine, Santa Barbara, Riverside, all with five losses, lead the Big West. Fullerton and Hawaii have six losses. We have one week to go. Big West term is going to be absolutely bonkers. And that doesn't even include Long Beach, which had that string no. of wins, but now they've fallen in the sixth place. Mountain West, your Boise State Broncos suffered a loss. It was a true sandwich game for them. They lose to San Jose State 74-68. First time the Spartans have beaten Boise since 2016. I think they were up like, they were up by nine with under five minutes left. Broncos went, I believe, I think they went the final nine minutes of regulation without a field goal. I think that's about when I turned it on. Yeah. San Jose State made a great effort to get it to overtime. Actually, they had a chance to win it in regulation, but yeah, missed a free throw did. with about Five seconds left, I think. Yeah, just total gag job by Boise. All they had to execute a little bit down the stretch, and, and you get out of there with a win. Uh, that's a bad loss for Boise. They were right there. They were right there with uh, with San Diego State. With San Diego State coming up with an opportunity to get back in the in the league race, and and they blew it. Bad loss for Boise's bubble shot too. I think I think they're still okay, but they've taken out their margin of error. That's the best way to put it. Yeah, they can't afford another loss like that. Yep. San Jose State, by the way, is flirting with 500. They might be able to get an NIT or CIT or CBI bid, which would be Absolutely. the first time they've been in postseason in years. Spartans have been frisky this year, and they finally got somebody. In the MAC, Toledo wiped out Akron, 84 Beat down. Akron could have created a three-way tie for the lead instead Toledo's now got a game lead on Kent State. The Rockets have looked good. And on the Eastern Michigan Amani Bates watch, <laughs> they're in a three-way tie for eighth place at 5-11. and 11. Miami and Ohio, Central Michigan, the other two teams. Eastern Michigan has the tiebreaker on both of them. So I think if Eastern Michigan can just go one and one in this last week, they'll be able to put together a tie with either of those teams, which would make them eighth place and get them into the MAC tournament. I think you're right. I think I get some in. Tuesday, Friday schedule for the MAC, by the way. Atlantic 10, another feel-good story. Fordham, 74, Rhode Island, 71. That is their first 20-win season since 1991. Wow. Been a while. And actually, it's their 26th win this season. They're going to be a double buy in the A-10 tournament. Fordham's come a long way. Mid-Eastern Athletic Conference, 
Morgan State upsets Howard 89-76. That dropped the league leaders into a tie for the moment, but Coppin State wins at Norfolk State 69-62, and Howard maintains that game lead over Norfolk State. Coppin State, 15-point dog. Woo! And Norfolk and Howard play last day of the season. I believe it's a Saturday. There we go. In the Metro Atlantic, Ryder defeats Siena 69-66. That gives them second place in the MAC. <laughs> For your gambling pleasure, there was a meaningless basket by Siena that made the score 69-66. The spread on that game was Siena plus three, the total 134 and a half. Uh-oh. Sienna plus three gets a push. The over goes over. Under betters are pulling their hair out. Meaningless basket. And it really was. He just, They took the ball out after a free throw. Everybody just stopped. The ball handler just drove up the court, laid the ball in at the buzzer. <laughs> so it is tournament time, and tournaments are going on right now. In fact, let's see. Queens is up on Florida Gulf Coast, 35-33, just starting the second half. North Florida up on Bellarmine, 46-45, with about 16 minutes to go. That's the Atlantic Sun opener. Starting to get real. Conference tournaments. Let's do it. Kennesaw State is the number one seed over Liberty because of an 88-81 win. So Liberty, much the better team, according to the net and Ken Palm, is the number two seed. Go Kennesaw. Come on. I, we're all cheering for Kennesaw, right? I, yeah, I, that's just, I'd, I'd love for Kennesaw to pull this off. If they do, that means Liberty loses. They are 42 in the net, 44 in Ken Palm. Their best win is against Bradley, the Missouri Valley champ. Can they get in as an at-large? No, no, no chance. No chance at all? No chance. No chance in hell, Austin. On Tuesday, we have three tournaments starting. The Horizon, the Patriot, and the Sun Belt. In the Horizon, 15-5 and five, Youngstown State is your number one seed, despite losing to NIT champion Robert Morris. <laughs> oh, Bobby Morris. Uh, Milwaukee, Cleveland State, Northern Kentucky, we're all 14-6. and six. They all get buys in the quarters. Of course, this is... Antoine Davis's conference. He's now just 64 points away from Pete Maravich's all-time scoring record. And so he he needs two games to have a shot. Needs two. They host Purdue Fort Wayne in the opening round. And actually, let me see if there's a line yet on that game. I would think Detroit might be about a one-point favorite. Mm. Oh, how about a five-and-a-half-point favorite? Oh, wow. Uh, and then they'd probably have to face, they, they could probably end up having to face Youngstown in, in the second game. So tell me this. Say Detroit gets there. And about, oh, 10 minutes left in that second round game against Youngstown, they're down 20. What's to say that they don't just give Davis the ball every time down the court and just let him try to score? We don't care if we're going to win or lose. We just need Davis to get that scoring record. That's what I'd do. I hey, it's not like it hasn't been done before, Kobe Bryant. Yeah, exactly. Davis, eighty-one points, one assist. Yeah, 
because I, I just don't think they'll make a pre a postseason tournament at 14 and 19. I don't think so. No, they're going to have to just, just feed him the ball. Let him cook. Let's do it. No, watch. I mean, if he can put up 40 against Purdue Fort Wayne and, and there's the other thing. I, if you're up 20 against Purdue Fort Wayne, do you let him just go? Yeah, absolutely. We're trying to get Detroit's name in the record book here. It, it's not just good. It's not just going to say Antoine Davis. It's going to say Antoine Davis, Detroit. We exactly. want him to be in there. So let, let, let's let the kid cook. In the Patriot, Colgate's your overwhelming favorite. Only one conference loss, and that was at number seven American, which is on the other side of the bracket. Colgate's going to win this thing, and, and, and they're going to be a pain in the ass for somebody in, in, in the tournament. In the Sun Belt, the top four teams are getting double buys at Southern Miss, Louisiana, Marshall, and James Madison. They're all between they're all between Ken Palm seventy nine to ninety five. It's gonna be a very fun tournament between a lot of evenly matched teams. Watch out for South Alabama, number eight, but they've won eight out of the last ten. Yeah, there's there's five or six teams in this in this tournament that I think can that, that can win it. It's, it's wide open. It's completely wide open. Wednesday starts include the Big South. Asheville won the championship by four games over Longwood and Radford. Their two losses to Winthrop and SC Upstate. They might have to play SC Upstate in the semis. Big South's taking a step back from, from where they've been the last few years. Had some teams move out. Uh, Asheville's definitely the team to, 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 to beat here. There's no question about it. And if they get South Carolina upstate again, they're gonna they'll, they'll handle business. Lay, oh, what I'm saying is lay the points. Lay the points. Lay the points. Our favorite conference, the Northeast. Jesus Christ. The number one seeds, Mary Mack. They're not eligible for the NCAA tournament. Tied for second in the conference is Stonehill, who isn't eligible for the conference or the NCAA tournament. So Fairleigh Dickinson has two chances to get in the tournament. Either they can win it. Or hope that Mary Mac does. So, so if if Mary Mac wins it, they're going to the regular season runner-up. Well, it, yes, because it'd be the first team eligible for the NCAA tournament. It which would, would be first like be the, Stonehill, who isn't eligible. Which, yeah, then go to Fairlight. It would it would be like who lost in the conference final to Merrimack? No. Okay. No, it, it goes to. The best team during the conference season. Gotcha. Okay. Okay. And the last I looked, I had a little bit of time to put together a new bracket today. Fairleigh Dickinson, of course, would be at a play in a game. I have him against Texas A&M, Corpus Christi. That could be a 12-point spread. Oh, my God. Yeah, they're that bad. They're Ken Palm. Holy crap. They're Ken Palm 322 out of 363. That's ridiculous. You know, I I think they ought to give it to Hartford or Chicago State just for playing an independent season. You know, give them a little recognition. Anything. Good Lord. Actually, Chicago State would be a heavy favorite over Fairleigh Dickinson. There we go. I mentioned there were four three-point buzzer beaters. And this is the one that ESPN has not told you about. Lindenwood in the Ohio Valley beats Little Rock 97-96 on a three at the buzzer that gives them the final spot in the Ohio Valley tournament in their first year in Division I basketball. 
Very nice Lindenwood drama all the way down to the end. You get your, your shot at the NCAA tournament, I guess, still. Uh, although they're probably ineligible they're, for the they're tournament, ineligible right? They're ineligible for the NCAA tournament. Come on. Yeah. What are we but, doing? But, you know, they could win the Ohio Valley tournament. And let's see. Uh, it would be Moorhead State who would end up going. Okay. But, yeah, it was great. I and, and give props. I don't know exactly who runs the Lindenwood Women's Soccer Twitter account. But someone had a camera on the game. Just the crowd reaction, the player reaction. It's like they'd won the NCAA tournament when that shot went in. It was excellent. Excellent. They also came back from 17 down with 4.54 to go to get to overtime and then win it with that three-pointer. Love it. On Thursday, Missouri Valley starts. Bradley is your number one seed beating Drake 73-61 on Sunday to clinch that regular season title. There's five 20-game winners in the Missouri Valley, and yet nobody's talking about an at-large bid here. Yeah, just no no stake to the sizzle, I guess. West Coast Conference starts. This is always a unique tournament because the top two teams not only get a double buy, but a triple buy, whereas three and four get a double buy, five and six get a single buy. Yeah, the the, the, the stepladder tournament, basically. Yeah. First-round matchups are really entertaining. Ken Palm has them both eclipsing 160 points. Hey, let's get it. Let's get up and down the court. I'm, I'm good with that. Kings and Clippers. Yeah. On Friday, three more stars. This blew me away that tournaments this late in the week already had brackets put together. I do not remember this in past years. And it's nice to see for a podcast like us, hey. Absolutely. Colonial. Hofstra steals that number one seed from Charleston. As much as we talked about Charleston all year long, they may not have an easy ride into the NCAA tournament. Very good point. Very good point. And and if you said Liberty's not getting in, Charleston probably has no chance either, right? I I think they've got, I think the wins over Virginia Tech... And, and Kent State give a, I think there's a little bit extra juice there, but it ain't a lot. Lose, you know, losing good to Carolina ain't going to do you any good this year. And the thing is, they'd have to lose in this tournament to even talk about and the need Yeah, exactly. And that's the problem. That loss is going to hurt them too. So In the Southern, Furman and Sanford tied for the league title at 15-3. and three. Furman gets that number one seed by sweeping Sanford. Greensboro, Western Carolina are the other two in the top four that get those buys into the quarters. Furman looked, Furman looked good over Sanford this weekend, so watch out there. Yeah, 93-79 win on the road. In the Summit, Oral Roberts finishes their conference season unbeaten. They're the only ones that can say that. And they hold the nation's longest winning streak now at 14 games. Now, 18-0 in conference, 14-game winning streak. That's because they played that non-conference game in the middle of it at New Mexico, replacing New Mexico yep. State after another goddamn shooting at a campus. Did we have our episode title or something something along that lines? Well, okay, I guess that's one thing Indiana had going for it. It wasn't on the campus. Huh? We'll take what we get. Jesus. Oral Roberts and South Dakota State play on Saturday uh, versus the uh, 7 through 10 winners. Then they get the day off while seeds three through six play on Sunday. 
Then the semis are on Monday, the title game on Tuesday, everything returns to normal. But it's nice, the one and two, not only do they get a bye, but then they get a day of rest while their, their opponents play each other. Everyone's playing for second place there. Then finally, Saturday is the American East and Big Sky. They're still playing this week. We don't have tournament seedings put together yet yep. for them. So with that, let's get to the non-tournament schedule for the coming week. There's still a lot of good games that have nothing to do with tournaments. Starting Tuesday, ESPN and ESPNU both have ACC games, yet the best ACC game of the night is on the ACC network. Clemson at Virginia. <laughs> Clemson trying to right the ship after uh, after they got slaughtered by Carolina last week and then had that ridiculous... They lost to Louisville, for God's sake. Came back and won by about a gazillion points at NC State. Clemson all over the place. Can they go into John Paul Jones Arena and beat a reeling Virginia team? We'll see. The question is, is can Virginia actually lead in that game? Very good, very good question. It's 80 minutes and ticking. Tick, 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 tick. Also tick, at the tick. same time, that that's 4 p.m. Vegas time, by the way. Uh, also at the same time, St. Louis at VCU in a big Atlantic 10 game on CBS Sports. Yep. 6 p.m. card, Arkansas at Tennessee on ESPN2. San Diego State at Boise, a little deflating, but that's on CBS Sports and still should be a good game. Still should be a good game. Hogs and Vols there on the deuce should be good, too. And at the same time, on ESPN, Texas Tech at Kansas. No easy games in the Big 12, even if it is lowly Texas Tech at Kansas. Uh, it'll be a good game. The team that beat the team that beat Alabama. Exactly. On Wednesday, 3.30, Fox Sports 1, Xavier at Providence. Anytime there's like six teams in the Big East get together, it's always a good game. Especially when you get that, that, that half-hour early tip, get the, the the appetizer. It's always good. On the SEC Network at 4, Vandy at Kentucky. Let's see if Vandy can get another huge road win. And that is better than the other SEC game on, on, on the deuce. It's the Iron Bowl on the court. Auburn at Alabama. Auburn got embarrassed uh, at Rupp Arena by Kentucky over the weekend. Auburn's, uh, Auburn's washed. And by the way, on the Big Ten Network, you're going to watch Ohio State Defeat Maryland. Highly unlikely. We'll see. <laughs> Six o'clock. I don't know if it's the best game of the day. That's either Xavier Providence or this one. On the deuce, Texas at TCU. Like that one a lot. Longhorns got to come to Fort Worth. Going to be a, a white hot crowd. What a difference Mike Miles makes. Yep. And Texas needs that win to have any chance yep. at the Big 12 title. Stakes is high. Thursday, 4 p.m., ESPN, Michigan at Illinois. Pretty much you can pick any Big Ten game, and there's high stakes involved this week. Pretty much. At 6, you got Arizona State trying to stay alive, prove themselves at UCLA on ESPN. A Bruins team with nothing to play for except for NCAA tournament seeding, I guess you could say. UCLA got themselves into a good spot at this point. To, to snag that one seed out west if they can finish the deal here. They are number two, according to Ken Palm. Yeah, they have quietly just worked their way up the charts here. Also, at six, on the U, Norfolk Howard in a MEAC big game. Yeah, absolutely. Get some shine. 
And then late night, 8 p.m. on the mothership, Arizona at USC. See if the Wildcats can can right the ship. On Friday, two really good mid-major games at 3 on the U, Akron at Kent, at 4 on the Deuce, Dayton at St. Louis. Dayton at St. Louis should be pretty good. And then we get to Saturday, along with all the tournament games. At 9 a.m. on CBS, you got Bama at Texas A&M. Will there be a pop-down? On CBS, they're gonna play the they're gonna play the SEC football music for that one. Sure, why not? What if you get? What if you can take guns on campus at College Day? I'm sure you can. It's, it's Texas. Well, yeah, it's Texas. So there's not a law against it, so there's nothing yeah. wrong. Don't you love the South? I love it. But but if you bring a book, oh dear God! Oh God, we got to report that through the we got to report that to the school district. Gun, scan it. Guns fine, books bad. Yeah. At 11 a.m., Kentucky at Arkansas on CBS. CBS has a good set of games early. Kentucky's, you know, we were cracking on Kentucky a few weeks back, so Cal Perry had lost his team whatnot. They've quietly just started to put it together. They got that sweep over Tennessee. Cats are quietly frisky right now. Hey, at the same time, Virginia hosts Louisville. You think they'll be able to beat Louisville? They struggled with Louisville a couple weeks ago, so I don't know. I certainly hope so at home, but God, that's put the women and children to bed. Good Lord. At 1 p.m., the game of the day, Kansas at Texas on ESPN. Big 12 close out there for the Jayhawks. Can they go on the road and finish in style? As much as I'm a TCU fan, I hope Texas wins at midweek so this game means something. Or Texas Tech beats Kansas. Yeah, one way or the other, we'll take either way. Two hours later, again, on the ACC Network, 3 p.m. Vegas time, Pitt at Miami, probably for the ACC title. Probably for the ACC regular season title. But here's the deal, and I want to say it right now, and nobody wants to hear it. It don't matter. You, yeah, this They say throw the record books out. They're literally throwing the record books out. Because whether you like it. Oh, wait, are, is or Duke you, playing Syracuse again? Whether you like <laughs> Shut up. Whether you like it or you don't like it, it's still the best thing going today. Duke Carolina, 3.30 on the mothership. That is the most important game of the day, no matter what anybody says, fat boy. (laughs) Two Ric Flair references in the same promo. I'm trying. At 5.30 on the SEC Network, another good Vandy game against Mississippi State. Mississippi State makes everybody work hard. Very good point. No, no, no easy outs with the Bulldogs. At 6 p.m., you start getting into your West Coast stuff. Hawaii at Santa Barbara on the U. Boise at Utah State on Stadium. Buried on Stadium? Come on. That's going to be a good game. Yeah. Because I, regardless what happens with Boise and San Diego State, Boise and Utah State will probably be playing for a top four spot in that game. Yeah. Yep. 100%. At 7, you got Arizona at UCLA on the mothership. And at 8 on Fox Sports 1, Arizona State against trying to survive at USC. Arizona-UCLA loses some luster. No no conference stakes there. That's still a really good game there late, though. Then we go to Sunday, 1.30, Michigan at Indiana on CBS. And 4.30, why? Why do you do this? On the Big Ten Network, Northwestern at Rutgers. Just give them both a win. The regular season. This is a, that's basically the regular season 
finale of basketball, basically. Yeah. Northwestern and Rutgers. And, and by the way, you had asked last week, who has the, the first bid? Who has the first oh, for, final the, game? Yeah. Uh-huh. I don't know if I made a mistake in, in putting together my, my file or what, but Ohio, the Ohio Valley actually has their final on Saturday. Okay. And I couldn't find anything that said that they moved things around in the last few days. But I thought it was on Sunday. It's on Saturday. So your Ohio Valley champion, which will be Lindenwood. So actually, Moorhead State <laughs> will, will get in just because they won't let Lindenwood in. Will be crowned at 5 p.m. on Saturday on ESPN2. There we have it. Boom. There's your first, there's your first dance ticket right there. My God. That's a lot of basketball. Information overload, but we'll take it. And it's only going to get better because the tournaments start today. We are going to be so crazed. We're going to have bids galore when we talk to you again on Monday. We're going to have the final week of tournaments starting. And then, oh, programming note. Usually we have the Selection Sunday show up on Sunday night. Due to life events beyond our control, we won't have that show up until Monday. But... Be prepared for it. Listen Monday night, and you'll be all good for Tuesday in Dayton. There we go. Simple as that. That's it. I have nothing more for the listening audience. Yeah, I've got nothing either. For Mr. Smith, Mr. Wesson, and Mr. Winchester, that's the best producer in the business, Alan Caps. I'm Mikey Watson. We're going to do this next Monday. We're going to look at the final weekend of the regular season, start talking about those conference tournaments, and look ahead to the NCAA tournament. It's all happening. It's going to happen right here on Six Year Seniors.